Let, let's go ahead and get this on the road. We're going to go ahead and wait a little bit just until everybody gets in and we'll get started on the live today. Let me go ahead and finish drinking my coffee, by the way. See, now I don't understand what I'm trying to say. Hello, hello. If you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. When you get knocked down, you gotta get back up. I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know enough to know. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. I lit my brain with rot gut whiskey. Till my pain was chicken fried. And I had dudes with badges frisk me Teach me how to swallow pride I took advice, no full tape I got some habits I can't shake I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer But I know enough to know If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough gonna be dumb you gotta be tough when you get knocked down you gotta get back up that's the way it is in life and love if you're gonna be dumb you gotta be tough Been up and down and down and out. I've been left and right and wrong. Well, I walk the walk and I run my mouth. Been on that short end for too long. But if they gave medals for honky tonk wars, well, I'd keep mine in my chest of drawers. With my IRS bills and divorce papers and all that stuff. Help you gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. When you get knocked down, you gotta get back up. I ain't the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I know enough to know. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. That that pretty much sums up my theme song for my entire life. If you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. That is probably true and through 
to describe my entire life. Good morning, everyone. How is everyone doing this wonderful Thursday morning? It is a chilly, I think it's like 50-something degrees here in San Antonio, Texas. It's a little too damn cold for me. I can't deal with this bullshit. That's the whole reason why I left Washington. So first thing first, I want to get in right into the news because I saw something that was completely and utterly re-goddamn ridiculous. Now, I know a lot of people have their own political views. That's fine. I'm not worried about political views. However, I am worried about people saying the wrong things, trying to make a point, and then completely falling flat on their fucking face, which is hilarious. And it seems like our wonderful senator, Mr. Well, one of our, our senators, Mr. Ted Cruz here out of Texas, decided to die on a hill defending something. I mean, I understand what he was going for, but he completely missed the mark. So let's go ahead and play this clip with Mr. Ted Cruz. By the way, an interesting fact about Mr. Ted Cruz. During our Texas freeze this year at the beginning of, of uh, February, well, like around December, January, about January, February, it was, Texas was in a state of shambles. It was, it was disgustingly cold. A lot of, a lot of Texas didn't have any power. They didn't have any water. Pipes were freezing. We didn't have any, we couldn't even get out on the road because everything was completely shut down. You would think, I mean, we have, we had heavy snowfall I mean, we had several up to a foot in some, in some parts of Texas. You know, other states like Utah, Washington, the Northern states, they're like, ah, it's not a big deal. But when you're out here in Texas, it's a huge deal when so much snow falls. So when that fell, I mean, like, there, like I said, there's a lot of places that were completely shut down. We couldn't go anywhere. It was freezing. There was no heat. We had, I mean, it was, it was, it was a really rough time here in Texas. Mr. Ted Cruz, during the, the bulk and the heart of the Texas freeze, decided, I'm going to go to Cancun with my family and leave all of my fellow uh, Texans behind to deal with all of this madness. So Ted Cruz decided, hey, I am going to head out to Cancun, Mexico. Well, my, my constituents are dying literally from the Texas freeze. I mean, several hundred people died because in, as a result of the horrible Texas grid, the horrible, the power grid, the, I mean, it was a, it was a bad time for Texas. So Mr. Ted Cruz decides, hey, I'm going to defend something else today. And I'm going to die on this hill, even though I completely missed the mark. Now, again, I understand where he was coming from. However, he missed the mark. So let's go ahead and listen to Mr. Ted Cruz dying on this hill. I did a quick count just sitting here. During this hearing, I counted 20 incidents cited. Of the 20, 15 on their face are nonviolent. They involve things like insults. They involve a Nazi salute. That's one of the examples. My God! A parent did a Nazi salute at a school board because he thought the, the, the policies were oppressive. General Garland is doing a Nazi salute at an elected official. Is that protected by the First Amendment? Yes, it is. Okay. 15 of the 20 on the face of it are not violent. They're not threats of violence. They're parents who are unhappy. Yet, miraculously, when you write a memo, the opening line of your memo, in recent months there has been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence. You know what? You didn't look and nobody on your, on your staff looked. Did you even look up the 20 instances? As I testified, the decision to make 
uh, send a memo is for an assessment. Did you look up the 20 instances? I did not read. Did anyone on your staff look them up? I don't know the answer, but it's not. Uh, but of course memo. you don't. In general, there's a reason. Again, now this was a going back and forth between school board meetings saying that parents were harassing teachers or school educators for mask mandates and all this other shit. You know, okay, I understand the whole point, but come on, Ted. You're going to go ahead and choose defending a Nazi salute. Now, for those of you who are minorities, women included, women are some of the biggest, you know, the largest group of minorities still here in the world. When a Nazi salute is given to someone, usually a huge part, portion after that, violence does follow. You know, I, I've actually encountered that myself in high school. There was a, a feller who gave me a Nazi salute, and then I got jumped by his crew as I was being called Beaner and Spick and what have you. So, yes, when a Nazi salute is given, there's a large, large chance that we're going to have some threats of violence following shortly after. Again, I understand what, you know, protection of freedom of speech and all this other stuff. I understand where he's coming from, but man, he, choose a different, choose, choose, choose a different hill to die on. But, you know, hey, what do I know? I'm not a political expert. I'm not anyone who's going to have any sort of... <laughs> hardcore political sway. I really don't care about politics. I do have some interest in it for certain, you know, for my own personal reasons, but for the most part, I really don't care about politics. I really don't. The only thing that I care about politics is when it, it affects my family and things that my family are able to do. Other than that, Hey, again, I really don't care. It's just, I just found it interesting I just found it interesting that Ted Cruz decided to defend the, oh my God, his Nazi salutes not protected by the First Amendment. Boy, I tell you. So how's everyone's morning going so far? I mean, I know we have a lot to, to uh, unload as far as, I mean, it's the, it's the end of the week. People who have the luxury of having Saturday and Sunday off are very excited for the weekend. Other people have, you know, engagements, you know, certain appointments ready to go. Whatever the appointment is, hey, that's up to you. It's not my, you know, it's whatever appointment you want. Me personally, the only thing I have looked forward to uh, are my three days off, are Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which are always amazing to have three days off. Unfortunately, I don't have the weekend, but eventually, someday, I will later on in in my in my future. But until then, well, I'm just gonna cruise. I'm gonna cruise. See, right now, I'm on a gravy train with biscuit wheels. Right now, I'm feeling pretty good today for be having a Thursday morning. The temperature is finally cooling off. It's it's enjoyable. We have, we have, I mean, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good day so far. I don't know if anybody has followed the news. I mean, there's a huge, a huge controversy right now, which I don't see why it's a controversy at all. Again, we're we're covering some news this morning. I feel I feel like being uh, covering some news, and so 47 degrees in Utah. Fuck all that noise. That's too goddamn cold for me. That's why I left Washington. That's the highs in Washington right now, are in the in the in the high 40s, low 50s. Nah, see, we're gonna be we're on a cold, we're on a cold front right now, and by the weekend we should be back in the 70s, in the in the high 70s, mid 70s, hopefully peaking in the 80s, and then we'll stay around 60s unless we have a goddamn snowpocalypse once again. 
I'm really hoping we don't, but we never know. So there's big controversy right now. I, I don't know if if anyone has followed the news. I follow the news occasionally only when I have interesting things pop up. However, one of the things that really, not, I wouldn't say angered me, but kind of, it, it bothered me a lot. I don't know how a lot of people, how a lot of people feel, but one of the big hot topics right now is one of the, one of the Congress people, I don't know what, what, what he holds, if he's a Senate or what's going on in his neck of the woods. However, welcome, Anna. Thank you for joining the live. So one of the things that, that's, that's a hot topic right now is one of the homosexual senators or congressmen, he has, he, he just adopted a child and, and he, took a, he took paternity leave to be with his child. Now, I mean, the old school men back in the day are like, bullshit, you ain't no goddamn paternity leave. What you're going to do is you're going to get your ass to work. Let the woman take care of the kid. I thought that same way. Hell, my kid was born on a weekend, I believe, or one of my kids were born. Actually, a few of my kids, all three of my kids were born on the day, and I ended up staying that day or taking that day off or going home early, staying with my kid through my day off. If not, I went back to work the very next day. And I was one of those boneheaded men that were like, yo, uh, the paternity leave is bullshit. You got to be a weak motherfucker to have paternity leave. You goddamn kid is at home already. What do you need paternity leave for? Well, you know what? I actually wish I would have had paternity leave. Now that I, again, I'm older. I would say wiser. I am older. And I realize, Jesus Christ, raising a child, especially being fresh out of the hospital, depending on how severe and how long the the uh, labor was for the woman to deliver that takes a i mean even if even if the even if the if the deliverer the the having the baby went went smoothly and you weren't in labor for a long time you just pushed a human being out of your body and we're not we're not supposed to stay home with the mom your wife and help raise the child i mean at least for a few weeks you know, I'm not saying that have seven, eight, nine months of paternity leave. I mean, that, that, that would be wonderful. However, goddamn, at least three weeks to help the mom recover somewhat. You know, I went back to work. I literally went back to work the very next day, if not the following day. I don't think I had more than one day off to hang out with my kids, my newborn babies, or help my wife. I just, I, again, I was one of those misogynistic, pseudo-tough guy males back in the day. They're like, ah, she don't need no help. She know what she's doing. And I was an idiot. I mean, I'll, I'll say it flat out. And that's for any man who, who feels that the woman does not need any help when the, when the child is first born is, is completely ridiculous. And their way of thinking is so stupid. It, it needs to change. I mean, I was reading some statistics and there's been a lot of women severely injured and had to go right back into the hospital because of caring for a child alone and injuring themselves really bad. I mean, C-sections, even, even natural birth. There was women who were, were injured and, and severely, severely jeopardized and ha had compromised in their health because no one was there to help. But this congressman is getting so much shit for taking paternity leave. I mean, number one, it, it's a hot topic because he's a homosexual. What the fuck does it matter if he's a homosexual? It, re it really doesn't matter. Gay, straight, it doesn't matter. What matters is the love and the family dynamic. Isn't that what we preach here in America? 
family. We need to have togetherness. We need to have be there for our kids and help raise and, and shape our world into a better place for the future, right? But at the same time, when someone starts to do that to help the, their spouse provide for their child and take care of them, I mean, not only that, you're connecting with the child. And some people are like, yeah, but, you know, these, were, this is a, this, these are two men and one of the men didn't give birth. I understand that, but they were still introducing a brand new baby into their world. So what's the big deal? For, for a man to take some time off from work just to hang out with, 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 just to hang out with a child. You know what I mean? I, I, don't, I don't see the problem. But then again, I mean, I'm a lot different now. So I'm going to play this clip from our, our dear friend, Mr. Joe Rogan. Mr. Joe Rogan, of course, has been on a hot topic for a lot of things. He is the ideal most, I mean, sought after I, you know, he's the idol for a lot of men who want to keep, quote, America manly or some other bullshit, you know, like that. And I have a comment on that whole thing right here. So let me, let me go ahead and play this clip. This is Joe Rogan's idea on paternity. Welcome, XTNL, XTNA1229. Welcome to the live. So, you know, again, I, I understand the point of, you know, you, you having to go back to work. But if you can, if you can afford paternity and, and your company offers paternity, why, you know what I mean? I, I just don't understand. Well, let me play this clip. This is this is a, a segment from the Young Turks. Now, don't don't mind the Young Turks side comment. I just want to play the actual. I just want to play the actual clip from Joe Rogan. I can't find the clip itself, so I'm going to go ahead and play what I have here on the Young Turks. After the ad, of course. I had a guy who worked for me. I had a guy who worked for me. Joe Rogan has weighed in on the transportation secretary's uh, paternity leave. Uh, yes, Pete Buttigieg and his partner uh, have uh, a new child, and so he has decided to take leave. But Rogan thinks that's unnecessary because Rogan knows better than anyone else how Buttigieg should parent. So let's watch. Listen, man, I understand it's hard to raise a child, but um, isn't that supposed to be for the person who gave birth? It's crazy. Yeah, men you're take right. Paternity now but here's the thing. <laughs> One of you should do that. One of you should take care of the children. Like this idea that both parents should get maternity and paternity leave at the same time is a little weird. I, I don't think it's weird at all. When you have a new baby... Whether you've given birth to that baby or more yeah. of that argument, boss, is more rather be with the baby. I think that this is was making this is the guys like that's comment on um, black fathers. Sure, that's sure. the only time. Which isn't a point that he's making right here, but you're totally no, right about no, Fox. but like, but like, okay, so let's, but just take a step back. I, I don't know what Rogan has said about black fathers, but conservatives, generally speaking, sure, oh, that was O'Reilly. Disproportionate that they're three hours. Weeks. United no, happens. Like, no, but if Rogan, I have no idea what he's going to say in this next one. So let's watch. Who do you believe should pay for something like I that? I don't know, but if I was an employer and I had a guy who worked for me, I had a guy who worked for me who wanted to take three months off because his wife gave birth. I'd be like, what are "You talking about Mike?" <laughs> Mike Even to support his wife, give birth to support his wife, while I pay him for free. <laughs> 
you understand that this is kind of most people when this happens if they make enough money the wife will not work and the father will work right and then the wife takes care of the child and this is normal yeah and then the dad provides support when he comes home if you're saying that the man and the woman should both get like three months off this is a new thing yeah right yeah, i mean Isn't it's it? not new in europe but it's... we're not in europe <laughs> this is better this is america So there we have, I mean, we have Mr. Joe Rogan weighing in on his ideals and saying, yeah, he's not going to happen. I mean, he clearly says it himself. Yo, if my own employees want to take time off to bond with their kid and help their, their wife with the child, it's completely ridiculous. Again, I'm not saying take the entire three months off. No, three months off is a long time. I understand, you know, for the, for the, for the person who, who has given birth, it makes complete sense. But for someone, but for a father to take three months off, oh my gosh, to be with his wife, that is fucking ridiculous. Why would we ever allow that? That doesn't make any sense. To allow a father to bond with his newborn child and help his injured wife, because that's what the wife is. The mother is injured from pushing out an entire human being out of her vajayjay, her hoo-ha, her vagina. For those of you who want censored, came to the wrong live if you want to censor. I mean, I just don't understand why it's such a big deal. You know, again, I was one, I had that same type of my thought, that, that thought process when I was younger. No, I need to go to work. And now I am a workaholic. I, 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 it's taken me several years to come to terms with being a workaholic. I will work all day, every day twice on Sunday. I don't, you know, you schedule me, I will work. Even if I have to work an entire year straight. I mean, I went, I went eight years without ever having call off, use a vacation time, anything like that. I went eight years. Why? Cause I'm a workaholic. I feel bad for missing work again. And this, this is my current thought now, but when I was younger, I had that pseudo tough guy, misogynistic bullshit way of thinking that Yo, the woman can take care of the kid because, you know, I didn't have the kid. You know, I don't have many regrets in my life, but that's one of my big regrets right there. Not being able to bond with your child and help the mother when she's injured after pushing dad, pushing out a seven, eight, nine, ten pound baby or whatever the weight is. It doesn't matter. It's still a, you're pushing something out that doesn't mean to be that if you look at it, which we've all have seen of a JJ. You look at it and just the, just the, the, the physics and, and the geometry of that going through is, is mind-blowing. But yet it's completely ridiculous and being shameful to not take time to bond with your child and help the individual who gave birth. By the way, who might be natural or C-section. I mean, if you have C-section, it's way worse. Maybe I'm completely out of it. Maybe I'm thinking, you know, I'm too progressive for the thought process, or maybe I should just be stuck in the old time days. But when I heard that, it really, it really got to me. You know, it's like, what the fuck does it matter? You know, we bust our ass all day, every day for work. The least you can do, the very least you can do is allow us time to hang out with our family. You know, I don't know. We just had a new kid. I'd like to bond with the kid and, and get to know the child. 
help with a few diapers and help, you know, with a few bottles. Yeah, I understand when we get home, but, you know, there's, that doesn't always work. But it's so funny how, how, the, how misogynistic the world is. I never, I never, ever saw the outside looking. I never, I honestly didn't. Why? Because I looked at it with the same glasses and I didn't realize how one-sided everything was. You know, a lot of companies preach family and, and we're here to give you a better home life. But then when you want to take better home life and you want to take some time out, now you're being shamed and, and made and humiliated because you want to take some paternity leave. He's a fucking parent. Why wouldn't and I, anyway, let, let me get off the soapbox. Let's go ahead and play a tune right now. Let's go ahead and change the subject. We're going to play Toby Keith. I ain't as good as I once was. Texas smile on your face. I said, girls, I ain't as good as I once was. I got a few years on me now. But there was a time back in my prime when I could really lay it down. And if you need some love tonight, then I might have just enough. I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. I still hang out with my best friend Dave. I've known him since we were kids at school. Last night he had a few shots, got in a tight spot. Hustling a game of pool With a couple of redneck boys One great big fat biker man I heard David yell across the room Hey buddy, how about a helping hand? I said, Dave I ain't as good as I once was My, how the years have flown but there was a time back in my prime when I could really hold my own. If you want to fight tonight, guess those boys don't look all that tough. I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. I used to be hell on wheels. Back when I was a younger man Now my body says that you can't do this, boy But my pride says, oh yes, you can I ain't as good as I once was That's just a cold heart Toby Keith with I Ain't As Good As I Once Was Probably one of, the, one of his better songs, I would think Right? Am I, am I right? Or am I not right? 
I don't know. Maybe I'm not right. <laughs> it's a great song. So that was my rant and rave that morning or this morning about paternity leave. Oh, Mr. Ted Cruz. So let's get on to better things. So I was thinking the other day, you know, I, I uh, unfortunately, my wife and I work opposite schedules. So we, we, we see each other in passing. And every now and again, we get the chance of, you know, we get to bond as, on, on an adult level, if you know what I mean. Well, of course, I mean, that's, one, that's a very major, very super important part of, of any relationship is being able to bond physically on a level that is forbidden. Prohibidabadabado. When you're young, when you're a teenager, which I mean, I understand. I mean, if, if you, don't, you don't want to encourage and bring things that might have dire consequences later on in your life, you know, like STDs, childs, and, you know, and everything like that. Although some people who have had young children at, at a young age, they've managed to be amazing people. Their children are amazing kids. I'm not saying that it's not, it's a bad thing. But ideally, that's what society wants you to do, right? You don't, you can't do this. You can't do that because you're going to ruin your life. That's not true. But it can, I, had, I had a thought in my mind, which, I mean, that's why I'm on live. That, you know, I can share my, my personal. That's what makes great radio is if you can share with what you're thinking and how you're feeling, right? Right. So what I was thinking is that from the first time you had sex, I'm not talking about losing your virginity because we all know that about 99% of the time when, when you lose your virginity is probably one of the worst experiences that you're ever going to go through. You know, when, when I lost my virginity, I, I was expecting doves to fly out after I orgasmed. I was expecting a three-piece band to play when the saints came marching in, if you get my drift. When, you know, when I pictured my first time, I pictured my first time having incense and vanilla candles and other, other things that, you know, was going to entail the first time. I was looking at a lot of TV, you, you see all these ridiculous anticipations for the first time. Obviously, that, that rarely happens. Where you're able to court, you know, I did see my dumbass. I was expecting. Welcome, Madcap Bedlam. How are you doing this morning? When I when I was having my first when I when I was gonna when I was about to or contemplating or pumping myself up to lose my virginity, I figured I was gonna be courted, laid down on a bed of roses with heart-shaped candy drops filling the outside of my pillow. And I was going to have some Marvin Gaye, you know, let's get it on, playing in the background. But then when, 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 you, when it actually happens, when, when the actual deed is being, is being done, it's nothing like it. I mean, it's a horror. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. You're not, you don't know where to put it. You don't know how hard or how fast to go. And then by the time you realize it, you're already finished. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's your first time. You know, before you actually lose your virginity, the only per, the only other, only other experience you have is with Rosie Palmer and her five sisters, or you know, in the Mexican culture, you have Manuela. That's the only experience that you have when it comes to, when it comes to having sex before having before losing your virginity. Now, again, when I lost my virginity, I, I again, I, I was already ready to be wooed off my feet. I was again. This this is because I watched a lot of novelas. I watched a lot of soap operas. I mean, uh, what what are those called? Like Young and the Restless and Passions. 
days of our lives. And so when you see all of that, <laughs> yeah, not a rosebud. So when when I when I was about to get to lose my virginity, I was I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for this to happen. I I, I literally don't know how I'm gonna act. Well, when it finally came, when it finally came down to actually lose my virginity, it didn't happen anything how I, I imagined it, which is fine. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting, yes, I was expecting everything. However, when it finally happened, I was like, wow, I don't, I don't know what, to, okay, and I'm done. <laughs> so my question is, when, for those of you who had multiple partners throughout your entire existence of high school, young adulthood, up until your final spouse. How have your sexual experiences and your sexual feelings changed versus having, quote, finding the one versus trying out multiple partners throughout, throughout your, your journey into finding that one? I mean, because ultimately what what we're what we're designed to do is we're supposed to find quote you know our soulmate and spend the rest of our lives together with that one individual and you know that's what monogamy and everything has been designed for which i mean a lot of people for a lot of people monogamy doesn't work and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that that's why there's um that's why there's poly uh, there's polyamorous relationships there's swingers and there's nothing wrong with that you know and but the thing is that with society in a lot of ways and a lot of personal views and because of the, because of religion is a huge thing you're shamed into believing that it's wrong to explore your sexuality to explore sexual curiosities you know the kinks which kinks depending on if if they're not harming anyone and if everyone has is is consenting adults there's nothing wrong with exploring kinks there's nothing at all but we're, we're we're believed and we're 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 made to be, we're made to believe that it's completely wrong and everything sexually is a sin. Now, I don't know about you but the but uh, when I when I had more experience with with um with sexual experiences I realized that there's no way that something feeling that good is a goddamn sin. But my question is, how have your feelings and your thoughts changed over the time from when you didn't know what the hell you were doing? You were just machine gun killing it, just, you know, like call me Peter Hump Rabbit because I am done faster than you can even get started. What, what, what's changed? Is it the education and the knowledge of what sex actually is? Or are you still a selfish prick and don't really let your partner get off? <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of people like that still. I know a guy, I know a guy personally who has, I mean, he's not married. He used to be for, I think he was married for about four months and his wife divorced him. I mean, he was a self-righteous, just misogynistic asshole. He was, he, was, he he's such a, oh my gosh, the guy was, was a fucking nut. Not was, is. But not, you know, I, 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 I was on the phone with him not too long ago. He calls me out of the blue every, every so many years and, and he was telling me about it. And I was like, yo, man, you know, have you found a girl? He said, nah, no, these girls want, you know, they, they don't want to have sex. And I was like, oh, yeah, why is that? He's like, they say that I finish too fast. <laughs> I said, all right, well, maybe you do. He's like, well, I do. But it's, uh, it, it, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm getting off, not, not her. I was like, well, man, hey, when you're having sex, you have to enjoy, you have to enjoy, you know, g- giving, getting pleasure for, for your spouse as well. Now. Nah, 
She can do it on her own. And I was like, dude, that's why you're single, man. That's why nobody wants to date you because all you care about is yourself. <laughs> My kink is banging in rosebuds. Hey, man, that's more power to you. You have that uh, that pain, that what is that S&M going on? Sadist masochist shit going on, man. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But my question, you know, I was, thinking, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, well, what has changed from the first time lose, from losing your virginity? Well, you know, around that time when you've had, you know, a few partners, and some people may have only had a, a couple partners, one or two partners, you know, and th- th- there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not saying anything wrong with that. But in your mind or your opinion, what has changed since then? For me personally, it's the knowledge of, of the actual sex act, of course. And of course, there's always room for improvement. Everyone can always do better. You're, you're not going to wake up and be this sex god. You know, it takes time and practice. But from then on, from back when, when you first started up until now, what, what's changed? Do you enjoy it more? Is it, is it a task? Is it, is it a chore? Or do you still legitimately enjoy clapping cheeks and banging down on a, on, on a, on a daily? Huh. Well, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing a victory dance after you're done, but come on, you, you know, you have to, you have to allow the, the other person to get off as well. That's, what, that's why it takes two to tango. If anything, man, just get a flashlight and, and go to town on your own. <laughs> By the way, since when I was a kid, back in the in the in the early '90s, you know, and for my for my buddy George, I mean, that, I'm not talking about the 1890s. I'm talking about the 1990s. When back in, you know, when I was a wee little lad in 1990s, there wasn't nearly as many sex toys for males as there are now. I mean, now we have flashlights, we have the the blowjob flashlights that simulates blowjobs. Just throw a little bit of lube in there and get going. You know, back in the day, all you had literally was your was was spit, your hand. You know, depending on on how risky and how much privacy you were able to have, you can put some lotion in a sock and and you know go to town and and simulate that. But now the sex toys now make it pretty much okay to 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 bang one out on your own. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, and if you can afford it, the sex dolls are so goddamn realistic. Now I was looking at these on the Japanese website. I did a, I did an, a podcast episode about AI taking over. And I mentioned sex dolls a little bit in that, in that episode. And I did some research on it. Well, not research, but I looked it up and was checking out the prices. Man, for the lower level sex dolls, you're looking at like $3,000. And those things look freaky real. It's insane how real those goddamn dolls look like. Look, it's insane. I mean, it's it's freaky how realistic those goddamn dolls look at. It's 11.40 a.m. Texas time. Hopefully everybody who is on the West Coast or who is not in Texas time is having a wonderful morning. Hopefully the weather is gentle to you. Your traffic and your commute was, was peaceful and not stressful. You know, cantaloupes is, a, is not a bad idea, but I just have a hard, I have a, I have a difficult time wasting food for sexual gratification. I'm not, I'm not into food kinks. Although I've been told that it's supposed to feel good. You know, hey, if cantaloupes are your deal, then knock yourself out. I don't think they're in season right now, so you might not find a ripe one. You have to wait till summer or spring. At least I think so. I think, well, what's coming in season right now? I think oranges should be coming in, in, in winter, right? Right. I don't know. 
But, you know, kinks, there's nothing wrong with, I mean, honestly, man, there's nothing wrong with kinks. If you want to explore your sexual wild side, then go right ahead. As long as you're with someone who is consenting adult, you don't want to force someone unless, you know, that is a kink with you and your partner where you role play into forcefully role play forcefully, you know, some rape fantasies and other stuff like that. However, you still have to have be a consenting adult and always have a safe word. Always have a safe word. Safe words have been proven to save lives. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a strong advocate for, for safe words. Hopefully everyone's morning's going well again. I, you know, I just had me a nice green tea latte. Had me a nice cup of uh, strong coffee, courtesy of my, of my brother. Thank you very much. Oh, he's not in the live today. What's going on with that? Damn, I thought we were brothers. We're going to take a quick break right now. We're going to listen to Third Eye Blind, Losing a Whole Year. Your safe word is cantaloupe. That's a long-ass word to get out when you're in struggle or something. When you're losing air and you're, and you're trying to tap out and you can't say cantaloupe, man, that's a, that's a rough word to say. I'd keep it short like yellow. <laughs> Third Eye Blind, Losing a Whole Year.
Third Eye Blind, Losing a Whole Year. Probably one of my favorite songs from them. Not probably, it really is. So one of the cute, one of the funny things that I've heard over the last couple of days, one of the things that cracked me up, that absolutely made me shake my head so hard, I, I mean, I face-palmed myself, and then also I rattled my brain so bad that I thought I gave myself shaken baby syndrome. So over, over the last couple of days, here in Texas, out in Dallas, I mean, it's not, it's not a secret. You know, we, JFK Sr. was shot in Dallas in Dealey Plaza. Some, uh, you know, a, a, a disgruntled citizen decided that it was best if John F. Kennedy ceased to exist, which is fine. You know, hey, unfortunately, it happens. History's done. It's over. Whatever. However, I don't know if anybody is familiar with QAnon. QAnon is this really huge, I mean, I, I, I don't think it was, I don't think it was that relevant up until recently when like the last few years when Trump came into presidency or when Trump started running his campaign, you know, just around 2016. And QAnon is this, this huge conspiracy theorist organization that comes out with the most outrageous and outlandish theories that <laughs> that's that people their group believes so one of the biggest QAnon things that that happened over the weekend or no, over this past few days was QAnon believed <laughs> oh my gosh it's a, I, I, it's it's so it's so fucking funny that is, it's difficult for me to to even say it without without busting up laughing. But over this past over the past few days, QAnon supporters gathered down in Dallas expecting JFK Jr. to reappear. Oh, you heard me right. For those of you who aren't familiar with history, JFK Jr. died in a horrible plane accident in 1999. So, not some, but a lot of QAnon representatives or members believed that John F. Kennedy was going to reappear and reinstate Donald Trump as the American president. So a bit of the news article that I read was said, scores of QAnon believers gathered Tuesday afternoon in downtown Dallas in hopes that John F. Kennedy Jr. would appear heralding the reinstatement of Donald Trump as president. The supporters first gathered Monday night in downtown Dallas, and about 1 p.m. Tuesday, there were several hundred people near Dealey Plaza where President John F. Kennedy was assassinated in 1963. Kennedy's son died in a plane crash in 1999 at the age... Hold on, I got a whole bunch of ads popping up. What the fuck? All right, here we go. At the age of 38, but some supporters of the QAnon conspiracy theory believe that he has spent the last 22 years in hiding. They think John F. Kennedy Jr. will appear at the plaza before midnight on Tuesday. One post from a widely followed QAnon social media account said that after Trump was reinstated as president, he would step down and JFK Jr. would become president. The former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, would be appointed at his vice president and Trump would ultimately become the, quote, the king of kings, according to Newsweek. Experts who have been following QAnon since its inception said that even they were surprised by the number of people who showed up in Dallas. 
Some QAnon members said, quote, frankly, I am kind of shocked at how many people turned out for this, said Gerald Holt, a resident fellow of, at the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab, who researches domestic extremism. This wasn't a widespread belief, even among QAnon followers. The QAnon conspiracy theory centers on fealty to Trump, who adher <laughs> adherents believe will dismantle a shadowy deep state, which they believe compromised leftist politicians and celebrities who are pedophiles. Now I'm 100% for your thoughts and your mind. And you know, you were able to make up what you want to make up, but for you to believe that not you, not, not my, my wonderful followers and listeners here in the live this morning. When you are convinced that someone who has died, and there's, there was evidence that he's died. They, they recovered his body with his wife and his sister-in-law in the bottom of a lake or an ocean out there on the East Coast. But if you're convinced that he is going to come back, run as vice president with Donald Trump, because that's, that's part of the, the conspiracy. And once they win, Donald Trump is going to step down, making JFK Jr., the president of the United States. And then Donald Trump will become, quote, the king of kings. Now, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm an atheist. I'm not religious, but I do know a lot about religion. I studied it a lot of years by force and by choice. Hell, I was raised Catholic, Catholic up until my dad passed away when I was 12 years old. So king of kings to me is that these QAnon people are pretty much going to make Donald Trump, the next Jesus Christ, right? Because, I mean, Jesus is technically the king. I mean, I'm not wrong on that. I mean, that's, that's you know, he's the king. He is the Messiah. But for them to, to praise Donald Trump that bad, that hard, it's almost cult-like. I mean, it's like QAnon is literally a cult, but we can't call it a cult because then we're shamed and told that we're wrong and we're making false statements. But Charles Manson and the family considered him a king and they were a cult. Jim Jones with the Kool-Aid, his followers called him the king. He actually called himself the Messiah himself, that he was a descendant of Jesus Christ. He was the new Jesus Christ. And, you know, they, he, they drank the Kool-Aid and several thousand people died. They considered him the king of kings. He was considered a cult. Not considered, they were classified a cult. They were deemed a cult. But QAnon is doing the same exact thing with Donald Trump. But they're not considered a cult. And they deny that they're a cult. You know, my brother has a great saying that whenever we, we were on the phone talking and we we're working at night, he always says that crazy people don't know that they're crazy. And, that, and that's a, that, that goes on for a lot of things. You know, people who are in abusive relationships don't know that they're being abused because they don't see it. So if you're involved in a cult... You don't know you're in a cult. You just think that you're doing something for the better good. It doesn't make any, uh, any, any sense to me. You know, I'm just, I'm just going off of what I've been reading and what I've seen people crazy, 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 crazy. 100% madcap beware of stupid, stupid people in large groups. You could not have said that any better. You know, I, I'm not, again, I'm not. I'm not a Trump basher. I'm not a Trump follower. I'm not a Biden basher. I'm not a Biden follower. I'm not a Democrat, nor am I a Republican. But I look at things for what I see them as. 
You know, a lot of people have difficulty doing that, but QAnon is literally praising, praising Donald Trump as the king of kings, as the savior, as the messiah, when, you know, Trump has shitted on, 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 his, on, on his people for years. You know, there's audio, there's video showing that. And, I, and I'm, you know, I, I believe it's, it's somewhere along the lines where Trump has actually said that if he's ever, this was back in the early 80s or late, late 90s, or sorry, early 90s, late 80s, where he said that if he was ever to run for politics, he would run for Republicans because they're not very educated and they're easy to convince. There was also an audio clip where he said in a rally, I love the uneducated. But yet QAnon and several other people praise and, and make this guy yet 100% a garbage person, Madcamp, I agree with you. Just his person, just, just his personality in general, not even president, non-president. I've never liked Donald Trump ever since I, I knew who he was. But these people... The QAnon and other crazy progressives and, and Republicans are praising this guy like he is the almighty. Now, my understanding or my belief is that the reason why a lot of these politicians, politicians praise him the way they do is because he has something against him that he can blackmail him with. Perfect example is our, our friend Teddy Cruz, Cancun Cruz is a blind, devout Trump follower. However, Trump went on, one, on TV and one, during one of his speeches and flat out said that Tom Cruise's wife is ugly. She is a horrible person and said some other demeaning things about her. And Ted Cruz said not one thing to Donald Trump. Instead, blindly followed him and pledged his allegiance to whatever Donald Trump says is the word. Again, I'm not, I'm not bashing, I'm not bashing Republicans, I'm not bashing Democrats. What I'm, what I'm bashing is if someone's going to talk shit about my wife on national TV, oh, you better believe I'm going to say some shit back. There's no way I'm going to stay quiet and just all of a sudden, hey, uh, hey uh, Tino, you know, this dude, you know, dogged your wife on, on live TV. Oh, yeah, he did? Oh, well, then you know what? I'm going to believe everything he says, and I'm going to give my, my, my undying devotion to him because he might have some shit against me. You know, I, don't, I, I really don't give a shit. If someone dogs out You know, there, there was a legend, there, there was a, there was some reports about that Madcap that Ted did, Ted's father did have an involvement of it. It's not proven just yet, but Trump did insinuate that Ted had, a, I mean, Donald Trump dogged Ted Cruz really bad. And I, I don't like Ted Cruz. I don't like who he is. I don't like what he stands for. I don't like his personality. He, he's an arrogant little prick who gets everything wrong. Again, I have a, I have a hard time agreeing with someone when during a, a, a severe crisis, they're going to flee to another country to go stay warm when, every, when all the rest of the Texas is, is freezing and people are freezing to death, literally. But Donald Trump dogged Ted Cruz bad, dogged him hard, him and his wife. But Ted Cruz turns around and, and undyingly protects and defends Donald Trump. But back to QAnon, I went off on, on, I took the side road. But QAnon, 
have the most bizarre beliefs in the world. And if you, I mean, look up, just Google YouTube, QAnon, JFK, and some of the shit that they were saying, I, I, I'm worried. It's like every, every time I watch anything with QAnon, I have to have double-sided tinfoil hat just so I make sure that my brain isn't affected by the radio waves that they let off with the ridiculous beliefs and theories that they have. I mean, over a hundred people, several hundred people gathered in Dilly Plaza for more than 10, 12 hours waiting for JFK Jr. <laughs> yes, he did, Mad Camp. He bed him over with a rosebud and a cantaloupe. That's a fact. And Ted Cruz turned around and said, may I have some more? But several hundred people gathered in Dealey Plaza for several hours, more than 10 hours, waiting for a dead guy to come back and pledge his allegiance to Donald Trump. By the way, Donald Trump is, is you know, is, is a Republican president or was a Republican president and represents the Republican Party. However, if anyone knows anything about history and politics, even a slight little bit, even anything about JFK's family, even a little bit, the Kennedys were devout Democrats, 100% diehard Democrats. So what makes you think? What makes you think that if JFK Jr. came back to life or came out of hiding, as, as QAnon says, that he's going to jump on the Republican Party and join Trump when the Kennedys went against everything the Republican Party stood for? I mean, then it's proven fact, JFK Sr., before he was assassinated, was going to fire his vice president. I think it was uh, Johnson, which was a Texas, a Texas Republican. But JFK Jr. is going to come back and, and hail allegiance to Trump. And then they're going to win the election in 2024. And then Trump is going to hand over presidency to JFK Jr., his vice president, which in turn is going to, by default, turn president or ex-president Trump into the king of kings. Now, I, I, you know, again, I know a little bit about religion. And to me, that's super blasphemous. If you're going to claim that a mere mortal, a shitty mortal at that, is going to become the next Messiah, the King of Kings. That's blasphemous. And that is blasphemous by the own right and word, so to speak, by the good man or the good spirit himself. No God should ever be worshipped, for I am the only God. And that's in the Bible. That is literally said in the Bible. You shall not worship any false gods. That's another saying from the Bible. But yet, these so-called, you know, re devout religious individuals are going to say that, that Trump is going to become the next king of kings when JFK Jr. comes back and runs with, with Trump for the 2024 election. Boy, I tell you. Now, now that I say it out loud, it just seems 10 times more ridiculous now that I'm saying it out loud versus when I was reading it. You know, let's go ahead and play it. Let's, let's, let's play a, a good track. You know, I, I, need, I need to take a drink of water. My, th th this whole thing is, is blowing my mind. Here we go. So pay attention, baby. Pay attention. Oh, Father, who are in heaven, quick gave me a beat. Now, promoters on the set, man. Get your money while you bullshit. 
you why you bullshit Mama tried, but it ain't no love like on me love, baby I'm G'd up and I'm crazy And there's a pillow get a breeze on my ass Cause I'm sagging, don't wanna die So I'm packing And when I see my baby crying, I can't explain how we miss me I'm trying to take responsibility But see, in order for me to win I gotta lose sometimes, baby I know I'm wrong, but I'ma make it Now I never hit a woman Nah, but I slap the shit Bitch, why you bullshit? If you think with a little head, you get a little head, little trick. But I ain't going to answer grain, not me, not even a little bit. Bet she didn't tell you she used to be my hoe, huh? Yeah, nigga, she's so right, pussy for me and for more. Nah, you better take some of this nighttime stuff, the icky head, because you can realize I'm trying to get rid of it quick while you bullshit, medicine, nigga. She can be as lovely and pretty as I can be. Perm, sickier than Charlotte's web, wave, deep as Redondo Beach, telling yes, sir. Get your money, why you bullshit? Why you bullshit? I get down, why you bullshit? Now what's the problem, nigga? Well, what, your lady won't suck your dick? Cause for the very low, low price of a hundred dollars, you can use my bitch. And if you act now, man, I'm throwing a hold out above your knives. She used to work down there at the sperm bank, so she got fired for drinking on the job. But you ain't knowing, giving baby your money, be killing me. Letting that bitch disrespect you in front of your friends, be killing me. Always giving that bitch some dick, killing me. Going through one ear, coming out the other, talking about you feeling me. Now, pop to tell me where my love at. Cause I'ma tell you where you're wrong at. I'll be in, but I won't break. Not me, no matter. I'm broken in the Ten Commandments. Plus, I just walked the hole on some stay at See, not that. You broke, been broke, don't be broke. Wanna see me broke, but please don't really do. Cause I tell a lie, she tell a lie. Then we'll sit there with a straight face and compliment each other on one another's lies. Now I can take you 30 times out of pimp you a hoe. And I can tell you 30 more and you still won't know. I, you, you wanna overuse the pussy. Nick, I'm trying to hit the news with the pussy. In a survey, it's estimated that 9 out of 10 men don't check their spouse. But she can free tell your pretty ass to get the fuck out. And get my money, why you bullshit? Baby, why you bullshit? I get that, why you bullshit? Baby, why you bullshit? Bitch, come get your damn kids. You see them tearing up my shit. She's staring dead at their ass and won't tell them to quit. Nah, that was sugar free. Why you bullshit? Now, the funny thing about that song, I don't know if you caught the lyrics because I don't really like the sound quality when I play songs on, on Podbean Live. But there's a, there's a verse in there that says, I had this girl who worked at a sperm bank, but she got fired for drinking on the job. When I first heard that track, when I first heard this record, when I was a little, when I'm not a little kid, but when I was younger, I had to replay that shit like 12 times to make sure that's exactly what he said. I have this girl who worked at a sperm bank, but she got fired for drinking on the job. Ew. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, man, QAnon, there, there, there's something else. It, it's just crazy. It, it's crazy to me that, that there's, there's just this undying devotion on this whole Trump, you know, saga and, and all this other crap, you know what I mean? And, you know, the whole make America great again. America hasn't been great for a lot of years, and it's not going to, it's going to take a lot of rebuilding to make it great. If, it's, if, if we can ever do that, you know, as long as people have their, their blind beliefs and hate is, is taught as a little child and, and harvested, it, it's, it's going to be real difficult to make America great. Truly, it really is going to be. But enough about politics. I, I don't really like talking about politics. Although I enjoy learning about it, I really don't like Speaking on politics, it's a real controversy issue, which I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not afraid of controversy. I just hate endless debates with people who do not, cannot, and will not accept information, facts. And it's, it's, it's difficult to, to debate when, when people have that, 
that mindset. But on to more different news, more different news, huh? Yeah, that's that's a great way. Uh, for this, for you Raiders fans, apparently you cannot catch a break. You know, I, I, I again, it sucks that. It sucks that 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 the Raiders were actually at a, starting off at a pretty decent season. You know, I, I apologize again. I still I I have to learn how to how to talk at the same time as I'm typing. But apparently, over the over the last few days, Henry Ruggs, Henry Ruggs, uh, the wide a wide receiver from Henry Ruggs the third to be. Exactly. Wide receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders killed somebody over the last few days, and now he is in jail. The Raiders dropped him, saying that we cannot be we cannot be associated with that. It was a DUI arrest. Apparently, Ruggs was driving 156 miles per hour before the fatal crash. Former Las Vegas Raiders wide receiver Henry Ruggs III was driving 156 miles per hour with a blood alcohol content. Twice Nevada's legal limit before his car slammed into the rear vehicle that burned, killing a 23-year-old woman and her dog, according to prosecutors. Ruggs, 22, remained seated in a wheelchair with a foam brace on his neck and jail guards at his elbows during his initial court appearance. Wednesday, on pending felony charges of driving under the influence of alcohol, resulting in death and reckless driving. Las Vegas Justice of the Peace Joe M. Bonavature said he was troubled by his initial review of the case against Ruggs, adding that in 16 years on the bench, he had never heard of a crash involving a vehicle traveling so fast. Now, Marcos Romero, finally, man, goddamn, been waiting for you all morning. It's been an hour in. Now you're just joining me? Boy, I tell you. So now Henry Ruggs, uh, 156 mile per hour, killing and burning an, an innocent person. DUI charged again. Okay, so I'm I'm not now. Hear me out on this. I deserve, I think that he deserves to be punished by the full extent of the law. The reason why I believe that is because we have we have Uber, Lyft, cabs. We have everything in being a celebrity of his stature, being a a professional athlete with the amount of money that he was given and promised in the initial contract deals. He had enough money to pay someone to take him home. They also, he also had enough money to pay for someone to drive his goddamn car back to his place. He has enough money to take an Uber and a Lyft. Goddamn, there's people that are, that are wasted on Taco Tuesday, missing three shoes, their hair is a mess, and their belt fell off, and they're looking for their phone, but they still managed to set up an Uber, Lyft, share ride thing to where they're picked up and they can make it home safely. Driving 156 miles per hour in Las Vegas. For those of you who've been to Vegas, which I believe everyone in this chat, maybe, I don't know, Madcap, Bedlam, I don't know if you've been to, to Las Vegas. But in downtown Vegas, where this incident happened, or even around downtown Vegas, the roads are not very empty. They are extremely, extremely packed. And driving 150, 156 miles per hour is not acceptable. You can do better. And I'm glad Oakland, oh, it looks to me, damn, my bad. I'm sorry to bring up old wounds, Bear 35, my bad. I, I referred to them as Oakland, and we all know that Oakland did not want the Raiders because they are a horrible representation of the city. 
and they had to change their image, so they fired the the, the Raiders into and uh, forcing them to go to Las Vegas, since Las Vegas is a poor representation of themselves as well. But 156 miles per hour in the Las Vegas street is unacceptable. You, you're that's that's just not allowed. You, I mean, you kill somebody and then you kill the goddamn dog. And, and what's worse is they they died in one of the most horrible, horrible ways possible. They burned to death. I mean, come on now. So I'm glad. I'm I'm, I'm really glad that that the Raiders released Henry Ruggs. And I, you know what? And here's the sad part. Here's the here's the sad part is I've actually read where Las Vegas Raider fans are saying let him play until he's convicted. Is football really that serious? Is being five and two and possibly six and two more important than being punished for killing a woman and a dog? So we're gonna we're supposed to let this this guy who had a blood alcohol twice the, the legal limit burned ran into someone at 156 miles per hour. But let him play. Do not. I mean, they, there is fans pleading and getting angry with the Las Vegas organization, with the with the Raiders organization because they let him go. They released it. They canceled his contract because he killed somebody. Boy, I tell you. I mean, oh my gosh. It blows it blows my mind on how selfish a lot of individuals for a sports team are. Now, I used to be a huge sports fan. I mean, I would be the one getting mad, screaming at the TV, walking around. I mean, my blood shit, my 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 blood pressure was dangerously high. I mean, I was also an alcoholic and weighed almost four hundred pounds, but. I, I used to get so angry at sports teams, especially when someone was on coke and they'd get suspended, when they would get penalized, when they get red card for for gouging someone's eye out on the football pitch. It, it would it would drive me up the wall. I would be so angry because it was selfish. Because I, I was holding on to something very little to make myself feel better. And now that I'm not so hung up on sports, it blows my mind that that everything it, it i mean the sports sports team is so huge and so selfish to where these uh, a lot of the not 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 every fan not every fan there's a lot there's a lot of fans who are in green it's like yeah you cut that little that bastard he killed somebody driving 156 miles per hour but there's a lot of people, a lot of selfish people, because the Raiders are doing well and they haven't done well in so long that that they have, you know, so-called a winning season ahead of them, that they're willing to overlook some of the fact that someone burned to death so this wide receiver can continue his contract and stay on the team. It's hard to stay on the team when you get convicted of murder and you're in jail for five to ten years. Maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way. I mean, you know, for all you football fans or you sports fanatics out there, let me know. Am I looking at it completely wrong? Am I the one that's wrong on this on this ordeal? Should I be looking at it the same way as some of the fans have been lately? You know, I don't care who, even if it was, even if it was CR7. For those of you who don't know who CR7 is, that's Cristiano Ronaldo for the Manchester United franchise, or the, the Manchester United club. He's a he's a huge footballer. I mean, he is one of the best footballers in the entire world. He's he's right next to to Messi. So 
if even if he was to kill somebody in England, I would expect for Manchester and the law to prevail and put his ass in jail for reckless endangerment, murder, and other what other law he violated. I feel the same way about any sports fan. I don't care who it is. Even if Kobe Bryant was, a, was alive right now and something like that happened with Kobe. But some of the fans, it's, it blows my mind. It, it, it literally, I mean, and I used to be pretty, pretty heavy in the sports, both weight-wise and mentally. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be here all night. Uh, it, it, it's crazy to me. It really is crazy to me that people are literally defending this wide receiver, trying to minimize and lessen the severity of the crime he committed. I don't get it. Again, maybe I'm looking at it wrong, but I don't think so. I think, I mean, driving 156 miles an hour drunk and then killing someone, I think that's pretty bad. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you should be punished by the law for doing something like that. And there's that whole thing, oh, you know, what if it was your, it doesn't matter if it was my family or not. It really doesn't. What matters is that it was a life that was taken. Which brings me to another point. We have all these pro-lifers talking about, you know, a baby needs to be born, a baby needs to be born. Don't abort the babies, protect the babies. The babies. But someone just burned to death in a Toyota RAV4 by being murdered by a celebrity wide receiver at driving 156 miles per hour under the influence. But let's overlook that death, but let's keep, let's, let's, let's save the babies, you know, pro-life lives matter. Unless it has to do with the sports team that now will be suffering a shitty season. I mean, you have to think about it. It's the Raiders. They should be used to shitty seasons. Am I right? <laughs> But I mean, in all seriousness, though, I mean, we have pro-lifers. Yeah, exactly, Marco. You can't be running plays when somebody's trying to run up that ass. That's very true. Again, maybe I don't know if I'm looking at it the wrong way, or or if I'm out of if I'm on left field. But I mean, a lot of these people who are pro-lifers who are vocally, vocally, vocally about pro-life want to overlook the loss of a life with someone who just burned to death because of a, of a tragic accident. I, I mean, it's senseless, especially with the technology that we have available to us now. I mean, we can literally, before we start getting slammed, set up a time to be picked up by Rideshare. And the Rideshare will call us when we get there. There's an app that'll ping on your phone. Yo, I'm here. What it do? Let's go. Well, I'm wood grin gripping. Fofo's tipping. Let's go. But no. No. Let's uh, let's get wasted, drive 156 miles per hour, and kill somebody, and and be shocked with the repercussions. You know, here, the sad part is that growing up Mexican, in a Mexican culture, I never knew that driving under the influence was illegal. When I when when someone was telling me don't drive drunk when I was younger, what that meant to me in my head was don't drink hard liquor and get behind the wheel. But if I get fucked up on some Bud Light, some Coors Light, some Natty Light, I can get behind the wheel. Why? Because I'm a man. No one's gonna drive me home. The fuck you talking about? I'm a man, son. 
I'll drive whenever I want. Woo! Insert Stone Cold Steve Austin theme song right now. But I never knew that driving drunk was illegal. I, I never, I never, I never knew. I seriously didn't. Never, never realized, never thought that it was, uh, it was illegal. It's crazy, isn't it? And that's just growing up the way that I grew up. Maybe, I mean, maybe, I'm, again, maybe I'm, I'm looking at it wrong. There we go. That's literally the music I hear in my head when I was younger and I used to get behind the wheel. I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I mean, I should have at least four DUIs and I thank my lucky stars that I don't have a DUI. But if I was caught under driving under the influence, then I would expect to be punished to the full extent of the law. But that's insane to me. It, it literally is literally insane to me right now that there are a small group of people who want rugs to play pending trial. This dude's laid up in a wheelchair. How is he going to play? He's, I mean, boy, I tell you. You know what? Let, let's cut to a little break real quick. We're going to listen to Sublime. Let's, let's put some Sublime in here today. Let's go, dude. Hey, man, what's up? When you grab a hold of me, you tell me that I'll never be set free. Thank you. 
Sublime Badfish, one of my favorite records from that band. You know, one of the funniest things is why why is the world obsessed with celebrity news? Every time I open up my news apps, and I have about seven fucking news apps, and I should I should actually downgrade and keep it only to like two. But every time I open up my news apps, I don't get new world breaking news first. I don't get shit that's really important that's happening. No, instead I get shit about Kim Kardashian and and, and fucking people she's dating for the day. Like I give a shit about that. I mean, why why is it that that in in the world today we idolize and and hold these fucking celebrities up to a high 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 standard and degree? You know what I mean? I I don't understand why I care who who Kim Kardashian is dating. I mean, if if it was if it was something that important, instead of putting it in the, in world news, number one top fucking news report for the day, let people search that shit out. I don't care who 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 Kim Kardashian or why the fuck. One of the things that pissed me off. We're gonna go on a rant right now because I'm 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 kind of pissed with that. Every time I open up my news app, I see stupid shit on my news apps. You know what else came in my news app today in all five, five out of the seven news apps. One of the top stories, one of the number one fucking stories that I read. I didn't even read it. Let me, let me rephrase it. I didn't even read it. Just the headline, the headline news for five out of my seven news apps was Kim, I'm sorry, Kanye fucking West shaved off his eyebrows and went to dinner. I'm not kidding you. I, I'm, I'm seriously not joking. One of the news articles, one of the highlights, one of the, the headlines was Kim Kanye fucking West shaved off his eyebrows and went to dinner. Why do I care if this dude will fucking shaves his eyebrows? What does that have to do with my life? What, what does it, what, who cares? Who cares if he shaved off his eyebrows? Really? Who cares who the Kardashians are fucking? What does it matter if? If they have 19 kids, what does it matter? Why is that front news line shit? Boy, I tell you. I, I don't I don't understand. Let, let, you know what? This is a good time. Let's take a call. Marcos, you're on the air. What's going on? Hey, Grumbler. Uh, two things. I uh, wanted to comment on that uh, jackass who fucking killed that poor person doing a 156. Right. Question. Do you think that uh, the culture nowadays would have uh, had the same decision, let's say in the 80s, 90s, or maybe even early 2000s, or because of our culture and our ever-changing existence as human beings, um that they're now pleading for whatever ridiculous fucking God you believe in reason that to let him play. I think that back in the eighties and nineties that it was a lot harsher. Uh, You'd have to look at going into, into the whole existence of, of, of the crime. But I think it was a lot harsher back then than what it is now. And I don't know if it's because of the softness or don't want to piss anybody off, or is it just because he's a superstar? You know, it, it, it's it's one of those 
And which way is it going to lean? They they should for his punishment. They should even ban him from the from the foosball tables. <laughs> he shouldn't even be allowed to buy Madden video games. <laughs> he shouldn't even be able to do that little paper mache football to where you know how you did it back in high school to where you flick it across to your other buddy's hands. They should fucking ban him from that too. I, I agree. They they he needs to be removed off of every football video game ever created, just ever. erased from history. Secondly, was the uh, the celebrities. I, I compare it to uh, uh, to fast food. You know, it, it's it's just like fast food. You know, it's fucking bad for you. You know, it serves no fucking purpose. But you can't get enough of the McDonald's fries. You can't get enough of the uh, of the uh, Kim Kardashian uh, sex updates. The uh, the Kanye West shaving of eyebrows. You know, it's all it's all the same thing. You know, in comparison to fast food. You know, you shouldn't be fucking reading it. You know, you shouldn't be eating it. It's all bad for you. Possibly, you know, resulting into some type of cancer. <laughs> Right. I mean, the the insanity that people live vicariously through celebrities is insane. I don't. I don't think they should be getting as much publicity and kudos or whatever you want to call it, the way that they that they they do now. You know. And I mean, as as a go ahead. As soon as as I take uh, you know the radio and, and you know everything that you say, I think equally you could pull one thing of you know most importance in both of those um, headlines that uh, we as a society tend to idolize other human beings for no reason whatsoever. And if there is a re- you know a valid reason that somebody may think, it's for the wrong reason. Um, this gentleman killed somebody who breeds the same air as me and you and, you know, much of the other listeners. Why are we uh, begging for his crime to be reduced and or nullified? Uh, that's idolization that should be, you know, frowned upon, if not not even uh, accepted. And with the celebrities, you know, we're, we're, we're so in tune with their lives and what are we missing in our own? You know, uh, I, I tend to, you know, live by a saying, I have no Mondays and I have no Fridays. Each one of my days, I'm very, very happy to, uh, happy to get up and go to work and spend time with my family. I, I idolize nobody. I wish to, to be, you know, a part of nobody else's existence because I'm so enthralled and, and caught up with mine. And I think that's what we as listeners and as a society can pull away from both of those headlines, you, and especially how you, uh, you know. Do you have your window down? No, I do not. Oh, damn, there's a lot of noise in the background. Better now. Yeah, so I mean that—that's just it. They're, the people who are who are idolizing the celebrities and look at every aspect of their lives are missing something in their life. Agree. And it's it it sucks because they. I mean, a lot of people should fulfill their lives before being obsessed with all these celebrities. Because I mean, what what blows my mind even more, my uh, Chris Cat and, and me were talking about it just yesterday, was. How are millionaires getting free stuff because they're millionaires, but the people who barely have a dime to put in on a, on a loaf of bread are getting charged full price and they can't even slide on they can't even slide on a few cents to get what they need to feed their family. But yes, celebrities are given shitload of items for free that they can easily pay for. 
Well, that that goes exactly, uh, you know, linking to the, the second portion that I got to tune into, uh, you know, in regards of celebrities. You could even attest to that with uh, YouTubers and TikTokers um, and and social media. You know, the uh, the influencers, uh, if you will, that they are getting millions of sponsors um, and things given to them or gifted to them rather, uh, just so that company can gain some type of notoriety or fame when the same person who's impressed by that product or, or, or is, is, you know, um, wanting to use that product has to pay that full price. You know, that's something that I think that we don't get to see a lot of or is talked. It's almost like a, um, a dark secret. It's like, you know what I'm doing here because I'm blatantly doing it in front of you. Unfortunately, because you're not at the status quo, air quotes, that I'm at, you know, you, you kind of get the shaft. I mean, for, for creators, for content creators, I have a little, depending on who they are and how they build their, their following. But for people who, who build something from the ground up and are accepting sponsors as an income, I, I can, you know, I can let them slide. But when celebrities are going to, we'll say, a fancy-ass restaurant, racking up a $2,000 bill, and the manager of the restaurant is so tickled pink because, you know, whatever celebrity is in there ate from their fucking restaurant, and then they are given the meal for free. Now, this is a $1,000 bill. Or because, you know, said celebrity walked into the restaurant and now they're gifted an $800 bottle of wine. But if it was you or me taking, you know, even, well, well use me, for example. If I take my wife out for dinner into a highfalutin restaurant and I rack up an $800 bill, I have to pay that $800 bill. They're not going to give Absolutely. it to me. If I say, yo, I'm short $50. <laughs> well, homeboy, I don't know what to tell you, but you're going to have to come out with that $50 somehow. It's like oh, you didn't so hear. Uh, oh, you didn't hear. I, I'm the graveyard grumbler, and that does what for your thousand dollar bill? Yeah, exactly. You could graveyard grumble your ass <laughs> in the kitchen and wash these goddamn dishes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Congratulations. <laughs> I'm, I'm Kevin. We now we know each other. So how about you cough up visa? <laughs> yeah, we uh, we accept all major credit cards, homeboy. Boy, I tell you. <laughs> Absolutely right, Grumbler. Let me uh, let me go ahead and cut off this phone call. I'm going to get back to uh, to the show and appreciate the call. Damn for Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, no problem. Man. All right. I mean, it, it, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm looking maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way, but. It's uh, it, it blows my mind, blows my mind. If you're interested in voicing your opinion, I'm accepting phone calls currently on the uh, on online. Just uh, we're not gonna go off on uh, on a two hour tangent on something. And just you know, if you want to share your opinion, have a little little input here and there, feel free to go ahead and call into the show. One of the funniest things that I heard now, when I was looking at the the QAnon shit, there was there was a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not being racist. I'm not, I'm not being discriminatory. I'm not being anything negative. I'm just pointing out what exactly I saw and what made me laugh so hard. So there was a, at the QAnon, 
rallies and even Trump rallies, these 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 individuals who support Trump are decked out in MAGA, import the or uh, send the immigrants back or send the illegals back. Trump for president. Trump is my God. Trump 2024. Trump forever. Trump is the man. Now, mind you, this is a Republican Party conservatives. 100%, right? Republicans, conservatives, that's pretty fair to, to associate them two together. What cracks me up is watching older, uh, elderly white couples with MAGA and Trump gear from head to toe dancing to rage against the machine at Trump rallies, at QAnon rallies, supporting Trump. Again, Dancing and blaring rage against the machine at a Trump rally. If you're not familiar with Rage Against the Machine, Rage Against the Machine is a huge, huge political, <laughs> political band. They are anti-government, anti-Republican, anti-conservative, anti discrimination, anti-racism, they are everything against what the Trump campaign Republicans, conservatives want. They are anti-abortion. I'm sorry, they are anti-pro-life. Uh, anti they are pro-choice. They are pro-immigration. They are anti-cops, racist cops. They are anti-conservatives. They are anti-Republicans. They are pro-progressive. But yet, old white people at Trump rallies and QAnon rallies decked out in Trump gear are dancing and blaring rage against the machine. Tell me what's wrong with that picture. What, what am I missing? Am I, am I living in a paradox? Am I in a, in a parallel universe right now where when we were bumping this shit in the 90s, we were called heathens and communists? We can't, we can't go against the government. We can't go against the establishment. We can't, quote, rage against the machine because we're anti-American. This was in the 90s when the band was huge. This band was huge in the 90s. One of my favorite bands of all time. We were shamed for listening to Rage Against the Machine. I was told at school that I am anti-American and I should be held on, 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 um, charges on federal charges for listening to rage against the machine in the 90s at south high school in bakersfield california because they 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 they, they sang about the machine and the and the unfairness to to minorities and other and even women but these but now the band is being blasted at trump rallies I, I'm, I'm living in the twilight zone. I am literally, literally, I'm literally in the twilight zone. I'm, 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 I'm literally, literally, literally in, in, in the fucking twilight zone. I mean, that's the only thing that I can think of. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I, 
I'm seriously at a loss when I when I saw that happening on 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 the TV. I'm in the there twilight zone. Fifth dimension, beyond that which is known to man, it is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. I'm in the twilight zone. <laughs> oh man, I tell you. On the, on that note, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Let's enjoy this music from a band. Let's enjoy this music from a, a band that we just talked about. This is Testify by Rage Against the Machine. Testify by Rage Against the Machine. It just absolutely blows my mind. Blows my fucking mind that conservatives were jamming out to Rage Against the Machine. Boy, so on more uh, more interesting news for today, and I, I, this still has to do with celebrity news, which cracks me up. But I, I chose to 
I chose to cho to to pick this on there. I mean, for those of you who were in the '90s, so for all you '90s babies, again, uh, George, I'm not talking about 1890. I'm talking about 1990. We're, we're not we're not going back too far. But Caitlyn Jenner went on Big Brother in Australia, and this had me cracking up. I mean, this this had me laughing so hard that. I, I had I had to read it on on the show. I had to. It cracked me up so much that I had to read it on the show. Caitlyn Jenner said, "Quote in Big Brother, O.J. Simpson told Nicole Nicole Brown Simpson, quote, 'I'll kill you and get away with it.'" Caitlyn Jenner says. Jenner, who was formerly married to the murder victim's best friend, made the allegation on an episode of the Australian TV show Big Brother VIP. Caitlyn Jenner alleges O.J. Simpson threatened to murder his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, saying he believes Simpson got away with murder. Jenner made the allegations against the acquitted murder, sus murder suspect on a broadcast of the Australian TV show Big Brother VIP. Obviously, he did it. And he got away with it. And at one point, he even told Nicole, I'll kill you and get away with it because I'm OJ Simpson, according to Caitlyn Jenner, who said that over Big Brother interview. Jenner previously was married to Chris Jenner, one of Brown's best friends. Chris herself was divorced from the late attorney Robert Kardashian Sr., who served as one of the former NFL stars' defense attorney during attorneys during Simpson's murder trial for the 1994 stabbing death of Brown and her best friend and her friend, Ron Goldman. For my listeners who aren't familiar with the case, OJ Simpson, a huge running back back in the, in the eighties and nineties was married to Nicole Brown and allegedly Ron Goldman and Nicole Brown had this affair. Uh, allegedly OJ Simpson found walked in on them during the affair and he murdered, allegedly murdered Nicole Brown and her friend, Ron Goldman. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner before transitioning was, uh, what's his name? Bruce Jenner, who was a 1970s Olympian. Uh, prior to transitioning to Caitlyn, uh, Bruce was married to uh, Chris, what's her name? Chris Kardashian. I think that's her name. The mom of, of Kim Kardashian and Khloe Kardashian. Now, Caitlyn Jenner, who is, who they used to be really good friends, by the way, uh, Nicole Brown, used to hang out with, with uh, the Kardashians all the time and also obviously with the Jenners as well. So Caitlyn is alleging that OJ stated and said, I will kill you and get away with it because I am OJ Simpson. Now, back in the 90s, I remember this case taking forefront. There was times where class, we did no classwork and we watched the, the news station and listened to the radio just to hear the trial proceed for the O.J. Simpson murder trial. You know, that was the whole, the glove doesn't fit, how there was no, there was no evidence, but there was a lot of evidence, but at the same time, the glove didn't fit. So how are the murder gloves that were used as evidence they did not fit? Doesn't make sense. But allegedly, OJ Simpson told Jenner or told Nicole Brown, I will kill you. And Jenner was there as a witness to that statement. If that was true, why did you wait all these years 
almost 20 years. Why did you wait to share this information? And why didn't you testify back when OJ Simpson was going through trial? Why was why why didn't you testify against OJ Simpson if you had this this valuable information? Why? Is it true or are you just doing this for the views? Are you doing it just to add more more status or more ratings to Big Brother Australia or did is it legitimately OJ Simpson said that? No, there was no evidence tampering. There was uh, he was found not guilty because of a lot of things that weren't presented effectively as evidence and the big thing was that the murder glove that had blood stains all over it did not fit OJ Simpson, so therefore he he had to be innocent and there's someone else who went into the to Nicole Goldman's house or Nicole Brown Nicole Brown's house and and kill her and Mr. Ron Goldman. But again, if you if you have this information, why would you wait until you're on a reality show to share this information instead of going on trial and 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 testifying against a murder? Are you doing it just for the views or are you doing it because you legitimately or because it legitimately happened, or because that's what Mr. O.J. Simpson said. What do you think? I mean, obviously I wasn't there, but I mean, Robert Kardashian, which Kim Kardashian's husband, defended defended O.J. Simpson life and limb. He was found innocent. But almost 20 years later, if not 20 years later, Caitlyn Jenner is saying that O.J. Simpson directly said this to Nicole Brown. Why didn't you take, why didn't she take the stand at the time? Why? Huh? It doesn't make any sense. Did it really happen or are you just, or are you just trying to boost the ratings of the show? I don't even know who watches Big Brother anymore. I didn't even watch Big Brother when Big Brother was famous. But that's just me. Boy, I tell you. I just think that the show, any reality show is really hard for me to digest. There's a few here and there that I enjoy watching. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm a reality show enthusiast at times. But for the most part, reality shows aren't really reality. They're just scripted shit that makes people want to watch more and more. I'll tell you the best show. The best show that I watch right now, right now, though, is Mr. Pickles on Hulu, Rick and Morty, and Bob's Burger. Those three shows are my go-to shows. I can't watch Mr. Pickles during the day. I have to watch it at night when everyone is asleep because it is a very vulgar and crazy-ass cartoon. It's fucking hilarious, though. But, I mean, am I the only one who's sick of, of the celebrity news? I try so hard to try to avoid. I even try to fix the algorithm in my, in my, in my news apps to get away from from celebrity news, but it just keeps popping up everywhere I fucking look. F is for family was pretty good. That one, that show was all right, but Marcos, you need to check out Mr. Pickles. Check out Mr. Pickles on Hulu, dude, and get back to me. I just discovered that two things happened. First thing that happened, number one, is I, I, I love going live. I love playing music. 
on like a radio DJ. However, I hate the pod, excuse me. I hate the pod being app. The music quality is super poor. And so my question to all of you lovely listeners, when I decide or pull the trigger on creating my own radio station, will you join me for my radio broadcast on a separate app? I mean, not even a separate app. I could send you the link. You just go to the website, similar to what I'm doing here on Podbean. And I'll be able to have better quality music, sound, and but the broadcasting will be a little, a little more interesting. Not, I'm not, no, I, I mean, that, I, just, I just shot myself in the foot saying that I don't have interesting content. But I, I think I do. But I mean, the quality, the quality will be a lot better than what it is here on Podbean. Like right now, I have no idea what my, what my voice sounds in this app during the live like because uh, i have it turned off to where i can't hear myself but i know through on my side all of my all of my equipment sounds legit but as far as what it sounds like in the live i don't know i'm hoping it doesn't sound too shitty but i'm i'm going to i'm going to start a radio station soon i just have to get all the all the the odds and ends worked out i have to figure out certain things and and pull the trigger and and subscribe to it thank you madcap i appreciate that man thank you marcos i appreciate you thank you for your support i just don't like the live man when i play the music the music is real shitty i don't like how it sounds but if i go through a radio app it's going to sound a lot better i'm thinking about going on radio king i just have to pull the trigger and and uh, subscribe to it that way i can get it rolling But it, it, it's, uh, I'm hoping that I can take this and, and become, uh, Fernando, welcome to the, to the live. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm not trying, but I'm going to become the king of podcasts. I'm already the king of podcasting, although a lot of people don't know yet. Hey, man, I appreciate it, man. I try to make the show interesting. I really do. Now I want to become the king of radio. And I feel like I have the right attributes to make to become the king of radio and the king of podcasting of course it's going to take work i know that i know that but i have a i have a strong shot i mean that's why i'm going to become the king of radio because i don't have a, a video face i'm not the cutest person in the world i mean don't get me wrong i get some looks i get some looks they're not very good looks but i get some looks but that's why i stay on radio <laughs> let's take a short break let's go ahead and listen to oh shit i had some shit playing in the background i didn't even know let's listen to little dicky for all you 90s kids out there this one is for you hey what's up y'all it's your boy ld aka white jesus this for everybody that came up in the 90s Man, I wish I was a kid Thinking about the third grade Back in 96 With my Michael Jordan jersey French fries curly Cool with it, raising Tamagotchis Dick three and a half The same as a floppy Nerf guns loaded And we shooting at your motherfuckers We ain't getting housed But we getting styled And we was fucking with the swag Of the Fresh Prince Ain't nothing like when you had mad tokens Left in that arcade vibe Wow. 
watching tickets falling, pegging stupid bitches in that motherfucking ball pit, landline calling, chilling at the mall, and if this the type of shit that you would call, well then let me hear you shout, yeah, let me hear you shout, yeah, if you grow up in the night, if you grow up in the night, then you know it I'm about, then you know it I'm about, yeah, don't you wish we could rewind, I wish we could, and I really miss it, cause we having fun all day, slept all night, last 10 years of our whole damn life, blowing on a cartridge, lot of fucking farting, I would give it all up if I could be started, sitting on the school bus, flipping through some goosebumps, I'm in it till I'm shitting at the school lunch, wanting to know what cool was, started jagged jack jams and five rocks, egg in my room, baby, boom, shaka like a lot of slammers in my pocket, flipping them pods, and I knew every modem noise in my AOL logging on that Oregon trail with Keenan and Kel. I was jerking off daily TRL, but that say by the bell was on some fucking hot shit. OJ to jail. Oh, wait, that club did not fit. Short, short, stock and beanie baby profits. NBA on NBC, if you remember, let me hear you shout. Yeah, let me hear you shout. Yeah, if you grow up in the night, if you grow up in the night, then you know what I'm about. Yeah, you know what I'm about. Yeah. Don't you wish we could rewind? I wish we could, and I really miss it because we haven't found out Little Dicky with the 90s. That's always the badass jam. I enjoy that song. Pretty good. If you guys haven't listened to him, Little Dicky's a pretty good rapper. Real independent. So let's go back to my earlier thought. When I was talking about what's the difference between the first time Fernando, welcome. What was the, what's the difference from the first time having sex, losing your virginity, maybe a couple partners after, to getting laid now? What makes the difference? Is there a stronger connection? Do you just know what you're doing? You know, when I was younger, when I, when I, when I watched porn for the first time, my mouth was agape. I mean, no pun intended. But when I saw the monstrosity swinging between these individuals' legs, I figured I would never have sex again in my entire life because, number one, I can't compete with that. You know? As a teenager, I was already having a difficult time walking on two legs. I couldn't imagine walking on, th on three legs. I mean, it's like a fucking tripod trying to walk down the street. Do you, have you ever seen a tripod walk? Absolutely not. They just stand, they just stay there in one place. So... I, I want every time I watched porn, I wanted to I, I wanted to call the cops. It's like, yo, this dude is literally rearranging the guts on the inside of this poor woman. There's a crime happening right now. We need to stop it. <laughs> but I mean, the first time, the first time I, I, you know, the first few times. You didn't really know what you were doing. And I'll be honest. I mean, I, I'm, I try to be honest with everybody whenever I speak to people. I, I, did, I didn't know what I was doing for the longest time. But now, I mean, I still kind of know what I'm doing, you know. I, I mean, I would think. But the worst thing in the world to me is having someone pity fuck you. It's like, oh, man, was it good? It was great. And they're rolling their eyes or they fell asleep. Could you imagine having sex with someone? who's sober, and then they fall asleep because you rocked them to bed? <laughs> it's like, what do you do? I mean, 
it it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> that would be so ego deflating to me you know i mean there, there's that you always hear about women faking it and trying to boost the man's ego don't we don't want that ladies we can't we can't fix what we're doing wrong even men hey if you're if you're if you're into the same sex that's fine with me you know i just don't 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 uh, don't boost my ego be honest with me pat me on the shoulder and say look you gave it the old college effort but you were horrible just be honest with me that way i can i can refine my craft i'll go back into the drawing board i'll go back into the studio and talk to Rosie Palmer and her five sister. I'll talk to Pamela Henderson and we'll have a good talk on, on what skills I can do. Now, this is a true story. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I mean, I'm not lying to you. I, this is a 100% honest, honest, honest story. Now, I want you guys to take a drink of water. Don't take a drink of water as I'm, as I'm going to tell you the story because I don't want you spitting all over your phone, your boss, your camera your computer, wherever you're listening to the show at. I, I don't want you to spit your water out. In 1999, I mean, for those of you who don't know me personally, I, I, was, a, I was a huge... Every time I saw a person I saw class that does fishing shows, do they know you were allowed to do something? <laughs> no, you weren't, you weren't stupid as a kid, Madcap. We were just naive and we didn't know any better. No one educated us about what pornography was. I mean... My porn talk with my from my mom was, if you watch porn, I'm going to kill you. If you have sex, you're going to die because I'm going to kill you. That was my sex ed talk. But for those of you who, who, who don't know me personally, in, in my junior and senior year of high school, I was a huge dopehead. I was, I was a big drug addict. I was a man whore. I, you know, my main mission and goal was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That was my main, my main mission in high school. And I watched my first porn tape when I was a junior in high school. And it was something about some flight attendant. And which, by the way, that's a, on a side note, after I watched that pornography and I saw how hot the flight attendants were and how, how they were able to get laid, I, I expected that on my, first, on my first plane ride. I was really, really mistaken and wrong when I had a male flight attendant and a female flight attendant who at the time was probably about 60 years old. But, uh, but you know, I, I, let me, you know, that's a different story. But when I first watched, you know, again, 1988, 1999, I was a huge dope head. I was a huge uh, sex addict. I, I, I try to get laid as much as I can again because that's what I was taught from my cousins. I mean, you know, my cousin said, yo, you need to get laid. If you're not, you're not cool and you're not a man. And of course, I wanted to be a man. I'm the man, Clifford Franklin. I'm the man. So my whole mission in, in high school was to have sex as much as I could. So me being me, watching, you know, growing up in the 90s, watching Beavis and Butthead and, and experiencing porn for the first time. I, uh... <laughs> so I walked up to this gal a very sweet gal and it was somebody who had an interest in not not just to have sex with but to actually date and this was back in 99 i had just uh just finished having a rendezvous with 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 the dope man and you know i had to get my candy i had to get the candy to make me make me dandy you know some of that booger sugar you know some of that some of that uh that pick me up and, you know i i just did a little bumpy bump little you know and i walked up to this gal and my dumbass hi tells her So I ask her, I don't tell her, I ask her, I said, hey, do you have a house? 
she's all, uh, well, yeah, I live with my parents. I'm like, oh, do you need your plumbing fixed? She stares at me, it blinks twice. I stare at her and wink. And you know, in my mind, I'm expecting her to say, oh my gosh, yes, I do need my plumbing fixed from a big strapping man like you. And then I expected to get laid because that's what I saw in a pornography. So we looked at each other, we stared at each other for about five minutes when I finally broke the silence because the silence became, it was starting to get more and more awkward. So I looked at her and, you know, I was like, you don't need your pipes fixed. And she's a, uh, no, I don't. And I looked at her, I was like, okay, this is not what happened in the pornography. When I saw the porn, dude said, do you need your pipe fixed? And she got naked and they were boning right there in front of me. What did I do wrong? So I moved to my butthead pickup line. For those of you, you know, what I'm, don't know what I'm talking about, about Beavis and butthead. And I looked at her and I was like, hey, baby, how about it? Again, she, she stares at me blankly, blinks at me about three times. And I blink at her twice. And I'm like, okay, what is going on here? Every, every porn that I've watched, the whole two, these are guaranteed pickup lines. Why isn't she naked yet? <laughs> You're right, Madcam. I got invited over and actually had to fix her plumbing, which, by the way, that's a different story. That, that actually happened as well, by the way. But it, it wasn't a pickup line. It was something else that I try to be, you know, I try to be a... Uh, what is that called? Um, a gentleman and offer my services. And, and she actually obtained my services and I got nothing out of it. <laughs> Dos, welcome to the, to the live. And so again, we're staring at each other and, and I could see the total disgust on her face at this time. Cause I think it finally clicked in her head. This motherfucker picked me up with a porn line asking me if my, if my pipes need to be worked on. So long story short, she walked away from me and left me standing there talking to the wind because none of my porn pickup lines worked on her. So that brings me to my now, my now stories or my now experiences now. I mean, like I asked earlier, what's different from the first time you had sex until you, from, from the time you have sex now? Do you know more? Do you take more time in trying to be a well-rounded lover? Or are you just a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, one night stands? You know, married or not, you still have to have one night stands. It's always good to, you know, get a little quickie in there to, you know, make sure, hey, I'm still interested in you. You still turn me on, but I don't have that much time. Let's go ahead and bang one out. <laughs> I delivered a lot of pizzas for nothing, man. At least I would have got paid. It wouldn't have been nothing. You know, I would have flipped my pizza, actually make a buck or two. But what, what's crazy now is the, is, the, is the statistics that I've been reading lately is that there's a larger group of individuals, you know, teenagers, young adults who aren't having sex. Now, I mean, that don't get me wrong. I mean, you, you finally understood that peer pressure into having sex isn't a good thing. If you're going to have sex, you're going to have sex on your own accord and on your own will and your own liberty, not because you're being forced into it, but the, the stats... <laughs> the, the the stats are staggering from what the percentage of when I was growing up in the 90s on how how high teen sex was versus the the, the statistics now which is like it's like a 40% drop of young teenagers having sex and it blows my mind no pun intended it it blows my mind 
Oh, man. I mean, at least now. Oh, by the way, the first time I watched hentai when I was in high school, the first time I watched hentai, I covered myself with a blanket and kind of sat in the fetal position because I was, I was shocked so bad on the porn of hentai that I saw. That is brutal. I mean, who comes up with fucking hentai? I mean, I want to know who is at the roundtable meetings for these hentai animated porns when they're when they're sitting together and like, yo, this last movie did really well. All right. We had an octopus man dude that looks like a fucking pigeon. He had sex with eight women at one time because they all sat on his tentacles. They they grew to to a ridiculous size, ripped them in half. They all orgasmed and the movie was over. We need something different. What can we do next? You know, that what roundtable meeting did they have? You know, and the other people involved in the meeting are looking at him like, yo, if we did octopus, why don't we do... Why don't we do the Incredible Hulk, but not the Incredible Hulk, but make it look like a squid? But, 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 but the squid's penis is going to be somewhat like a volcano. Same style, same look, and it's going to erupt in the same fashion. You know what? You're fucking brilliant. Let's film it. Let's get onto it. You just got a promotion. Yeah, <laughs> you just unzipped with that description. <laughs> You know, it's like when I watched hentai, I, I didn't know how to act. It's like I wasn't I wasn't excited. It just Jesus Christmas, like what 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 in their right mind possesses them to come up with the fucking hentai? Boy, I tell you, boy, I tell you. I just wow. I, I mean, hentai, but back to my conversation, you know, but as, as, the, as I got older and, and the more partners that I had, the more partners I experienced, the, the less I real, or the more I realized, Hey man. <laughs> yeah. Real life is a letdown from then on. Does I, I, yeah, I agree with you on that, but I realized, man, women, which by the way, for those of you who don't, who don't, uh, who don't know, but women can't have orgasms. That, that's a real thing. That is their, that is biology. They can literally have orgasms for those of you selfish individuals who don't think that women can have orgasms or, you know, they do and they enjoy them as much as men do. But as I got older and the more, and the more, the more people I was with, I realized, damn, I should actually care for what the other person, because sex is going to be that much more enjoyable. You know, and I thought I was onto something. I thought that I had discovered loaf bread all over again or slice of bread. I figured, holy shit, no one knows but me that if you take time and share the passion and value what the person you're sleeping with thinks, you're going to have way more, you're going to have way more sex. You're going to enjoy it a lot better. And everything's going to be peachy. And I was like, holy shit, I just discovered water. No one understands this but me. I have the secret. 